Today on Top of the Stretch, we are going to be talking to the newest member of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Hall of Fame, Virgil Morgan, who campaigned the Ohio Horse of the Year in 2020, Action Uncle. Virgil, welcome to Top of the Stretch. Thank you so much, Roger. Let's go back many moons. Uh, Mayor, by the name of Action Broadway, she undoubtedly probably was the highlight of your racing career uh, a few years back, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. She, uh, you know, she was a homebred by, uh, Mr. Summer, Ken Summer. Uh, he bred and raised her and, uh, she was a Broadway hall, uh, PA bred, Pennsylvania bred. So, uh, she raced on the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, but, uh, um, yeah, she definitely, she went on to make 1.1 million and, and, uh, won quite a few major stakes races and Dan Patch award winner. So, um, she definitely had a, uh, uh, has a spot uh, with me for sure. Ken Summer, the owner and breeder of Action Broadway, was really involved in harness racing. Oh, yeah. Uh, he uh, was a breeder, uh, owner, um, just passionate about the sport, loved the sport, uh you know, I can remember times where Ken would drive to Canada just to watch his horses race, uh, always driving to the track to be to watch him in person. Uh, he could watch him on TV, uh, but he, he chose to be there in person. So uh, he definitely loved the sport and, and was passionate about the sport for sure. Now, he bred Action Uncle and raced him as a two-year-old in your stable. Uh, how in the early days how did Action Uncle even before racing did he give signs of going to be a, a, a champion you know he, he came in and obviously I was a little biased towards him because of training his mom and having so much success with her um, uh, so when he when he came in the barn you know uh, that was uh, he was a little smaller than what I thought um, she was a medium sized mare um, but she, uh, she was feminine, but she had, uh, she had a big rear end on her, uh, big, strong, uh, rear end on her, even though she was feminine looking and he was built the same way, but just smaller, um, definitely grew, uh, grew and got thicker. But in answer to your question, I was always biased towards him just because, um, I've liked the uncle Peters and, and, uh, um, out of that mare, um, he was a little ornery at first. Uh, I can remember driving him one day, and um, he, he he wouldn't pay attention uh, the whole time during a mile. He, he showed he showed signs of of being excellent, and then the slightest little thing would set him off to make a break, um, where he just he just basically wasn't paying attention. And I can remember driving in that day, uh, saying if, if he acts up today, I'm probably going to have to geld him because I knew he had an enormous amount of talent, um, but he just wouldn't stay focused for a whole mile. He'd see a tractor, make a break. Uh, you know, if, if a leaf blew the wrong way and he saw it, he'd make a break. Um, and uh, as luck would have it, that day I trained him, 
he was flawless. <laughs> and uh, pretty much from that day on, um, he started getting real good and was focused. Uh, so uh, um, that was uh, that was a good day and a good thing. You qualified him on July the 1st, 19, at Sarota Downs. Uh, he had post three. You raced him from well off the the trot, finished second, got beat five and a quarter lengths, and timed in 2.02 and three, and last quarter was in 29 and two. How did you feel after that initial qualifier? Um, you know, we knew going in, I had trained him that fast here at the training center, um, and we knew going in that, that I, I liked him a lot. He got sick a little bit on me in, in, in May, and I uh, was a, a couple weeks behind from where I actually wanted to be. I actually wanted to qualify him the week before that. Um, but all of my young horses, I don't like any of them on the front end. I don't like them leaving the gate. I like them to come from off the pace or off the trot. So that was by design to get away back there and, and I just wanted him finishing strong and uh he was loaded at the wire that day so um you know uh he he deserved a shot to go to the sire stakes but again I didn't want him to land on the front end um if my memory serves me correct we took him to Northfield raced him in the first leg um he finished third I think he was eighth at the half but you had to watch the mile to believe it he was so far back and uh, I think he trotted a uh, last quarter in 27 and four charted, um, which is unheard of for a two-year-old trot and cold his first start at Northfield Park. Um, yeah, he was uh, 12 and a half lengths off at the half, and as you were right, final quarter in 27 and four uh, got beat about two and a half lengths, finishing third. His you then had a qualifier on July 23rd at Sciota. Was it just an open spot in his schedule, or was there a reason for that qualifier? Yeah, so I didn't want to race him against aged horses in a two-year-old non-winners of one, and, and I still felt he needed a little more work, a little experience. So uh, the qualifier, uh, that just landed a good spot for him. Uh, that, that actually worked out well. It, it filled a void and gave him a little work to do before the next leg of the sire stakes. Well, next up, of course, was the Ohio State Fair two-year-old Colt Trot on August the 1st. Uh, he had post position seven, but uh, Brett Miller sent him right to the front. Yeah, um, that that day, uh, you know, we felt uh, it was time to race him. We had, uh, you know, uh, babied him, so to speak, enough, and uh, uh, we let him do some work that day, and, and he was really good, really good that day. He finished second at Northfield uh, on August the 9th in Ohio Sire Stake event and uh, a second-place finish on August the 20th at Sciota in the Sire Stake. But Northfield in the next, uh, the final of the Ohio Sire Stake, going for 300000 on September the 1st, though, he had the rail, uh, got away second, moved to the top, and was a winner in that one in one fifty five and one and that set the stage for the final start of the season at Delaware, Ohio in the Ohio Breeders Championship on September the seventeenth of two thousand nineteen. He had post three, uh Brett Miller was the driver and we were about to see a world's record performance out of him in that start, right? 
Yeah, so um, I had raced him in a hood all year long just because he acted like he could get a little hot. His mom, uh, she could get a little hot at times too. And uh, the week before the final, uh, you know, I'd been breaking him to earplugs the whole year, and, and uh, I trained him in, in earplugs and pulled him, and he was amazing. Uh, so that's the first night that we raced him in earplugs in the final and uh, that was the track record there. I think he set in 55-1 and one in the mud. And then, uh, yeah, then, then at Delaware, he set the world record uh, the following, what, 10 days later, I believe it was. And that was his final start as a two-year-old. And uh, what did you do in the off-season? Do you turn him out or you leave him out a short period of time? Or what do you usually do with your two-year-olds? Yeah, I'm a big believer in turning them out. Uh, I like to pull their shoes and just get them away from the track completely. I'm not one of those people that like to keep them in and jog them every other day or anything. I, I just like to get them away and really want them to grow, uh, put on muscle and hopefully size. I prefer all mine to go to Eli Miller's uh, Spring Run Farm. He does a great job. And uh, uh, he actually stayed at Woodland Run, though. Uh, he, he was a little rambunctious in the field and a little ornery, so I definitely wanted somebody to – to keep an eye on him, and, and uh, he actually uh, uh, he was turned out at uh, Woodland Run for probably two and a half months, and then and then came in to start training for his three year old campaign. Uh, initial qualifier uh, was on uh, May the sixteenth at Sauda Downs. Uh, had he changed much from his two year old season to that initial qualifier as a three year old? Uh, just much more mature, you know, that, that, that goofing around stuff that he would do as a two-year-old. Uh, I, I didn't see any of that. He was, he was pretty much all business um, right, right when he came in. Uh, when I started training him after about five weeks of jogging, you could just tell going the right way. There wasn't much going to fluster him or, you know, the tractors didn't bother him. Uh, you know, if he saw something bizarre, some geese flying over the – the pond and in the middle of the infield, you know, that didn't bother him anymore. Stuff like that as a two-year-old early on would, would just set him off. Um, much more mature and I uh, would say more, more professional. He, he was much more professional. His first start was at Scioto and the non-winners of four fair mutual event, a winner by a neck, uh, 53 and four and uh, final quarter 27 and three uh you had to be really tickled with that effort i was um you know we qualified him twice 59 and 56 and uh i was a little reluctant um to uh you know somebody uh, all my three-year-olds i like to try to pick the, the easiest spots possible for them and and uh that was a non-winners of four and and as luck would have it, it, it came up pretty tough. There was a four-year-old in there by the name of Shake and Bake, who I thought was a really nice horse, and, and I really didn't want to, to, to put our horse on his toes his first start off for qualifiers. Uh, I knew he was up to a big mile. Um, we got a two-hole trip that day, and when Brett pulled him out, uh, he, he did it pretty easy. He didn't pull earplugs. He, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's the qualifiers were great 59 and 56 but when he went that mile that day that's when i kind of knew he arrived in in uh maybe to the next level he could uh he could go to the next level uh off a mile like that 
His next start was June the 13th at Ohio Sire Stake Everett at Northfield on the half-mile track. I've noticed one thing. World record at Delaware on half-mile track as a two-year-old. And in that first uh, start of the Sire Stake program as a three-year-old, we've got another world record coming up. And at Northfield on a half-mile track, 53-2, and two, final quarter 27-2. and two. Does he get around a half-mile track uh, better than some of the bigger tracks, maybe? I, you know, I, I don't think – I mean, you could say that, but I'll be honest with you, Roger. He, he's just so handy. Uh, I was really looking forward to racing him at Hoosier or even the Meadowlands on a bigger track because he just – he loves uh, – you know, I train a lot of mine in sets and with, with multiple horses, and he just loves to pass a horse. Um, you know, he landed on the front end a lot because he was one to five, two to five, one to nine. Um, it, it wasn't really by choice. It was more by design that, you know, we just didn't want to uh, have him get in any trouble or get locked in. So uh, more often than not, he landed on the front. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, with better competition like the Breeders' Crown or something like that, if, if we'd have been fortunate enough to race in that, you're not going to have to do all the work. There's plenty of horses in there that can do work. And, you know, if he got away fourth or fifth, I would have loved to have seen that. So in answer to your question, um, that was a scary mile that night at Northfield, 27 and change on the end of it. And, I mean, he was grabbing him at the wire. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, you could say he's got two world records at Delaware, obviously the half. It uh, doesn't hurt him, that's for sure. But uh, I'll be honest, I was really excited about racing him on, on a larger track. You know, I kind of got ahead of ourselves because I wanted to mention uh, changing ownership for the three-year-old campaign. Uh, Mr. Summer had passed, and uh, the family really didn't want to continue in the racing business. They wanted to keep the broodmares. It wasn't hard for you to come up with an ownership group uh, to buy Action Uncle, was it? No, I was a little surprised after uh, the death of Mr. Summer um, that the uh, the kids wanted to sell. I thought uh, that they would want to race the offspring, uh, you know, since they they have been successful, you know, in this horse. But uh, they uh, came to me and said they wanted to sell him. And, I, again, I was a little surprised. Um, so I told them uh, – give me a day, let me think about it, and uh, I just uh, I, I kind of handpicked three guys that I thought would form a great partnership. Uh, uh, Larry Wills, uh, who's uh, uh, an owner and a partner of Winter Circle Training Center with me, uh, he's got quite a few horses in the barn with me, so uh, I approached him about it. Uh, Carl Howard, who's been a, a longtime owner uh, with me, and uh, Joyce and Dick McClellan, um, I had some trotters for them, and, and they love trotters. So I thought those three people would uh, make a good partnership, and uh, it's actually been an excellent partnership, uh, just three quality people. And, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't be happy for everybody, or happier uh, for everybody involved. You know, the, the kids, uh, they still have the broodmare. Uh, they're still uh, – she's still having babies. But yet um, – Larry Wills, Carl Howard, and Joyce and Dick McClellan got to enjoy the success of him and, and, and obviously still have him. And uh, they have another one, a, a three-year-old filly. She's three now, a filly by the name of Bougie Girl that I like a lot that's actually a full sister to, uh, to Action Uncle. So uh, it's worked out for everybody. And you got a two-year-old named Wendy Ross? Yeah, so uh, 
we've got a two-year-old uh, uh, um, What the Hill filly. She's in now, and uh, um, um, they named her, uh, her, her name. Her original name was actually Action Wendy Hill, but uh, since uh, it's been changed to Wendy Ross. Wendy Ross. Yeah. Now, to, to get back to Action Uncle, uh, next up was uh, at uh, Sarada Downs, uh, Ohio State Fair, a winner in 52-4, and four, final quarter 28-2, and two, and he easily won that one by four and a quarter lengths. Yeah, that's uh, that's the night he, he was just full of himself that night, and uh, kind of his two-year-old uh, habits kind of crept up. Uh, he made a little break uh, going to the gate, and... Uh, um, actually interfered with a 10 horse that night and they had a recall. Um, and then he behaved himself after that. But, uh, yeah, that was another scary mile. That, that's the first time that a horse ever got to his wheel. Um, David Miller was driving a horse for, uh, wading boots, uh, for Ronnie Burke. And, uh, he pulled up beside him, uh, got to his actually a saddle pad. And I thought, well, we'll, you know, we'll see, see what happens here. And, uh, uh, Brett just gave him his head at the top of the stretch, and I think he won by four or five lengths. So yeah, that was a that was a very impressive mile. Next up was uh, Sire's Take Race at Northfield on August the fifteenth. Uh, had the rail and I uh, took a two-hole trip uh, to the winner's circle and uh, got up by three and a quarter lengths. Yeah, so there was a uh, there was a horse that was that was pretty pretty good at the time on there and. Uh, we uh we elected to just get a two hole trip and set behind him and uh Brett pulled uh maybe a little past the half and, and uh let him do his work and and he was really good that night too. Now on August the twenty eighth, uh you entered him at Sioux in a non winners of nine thousand five hundred and one dollars uh in the last four, taking on older. Uh had post seven and you're really going to race him off the pace, off the trot in that one, didn't you? Yeah, you know, it was the week before the final, and, and we didn't want to, uh, you know, I wanted to keep him mentally fresh and, and physically good. And and uh, I told Brett, you know, let's just one move him. And uh, he got locked in. He came up the rail. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he was loaded. If he could have got out, I think he would have uh, – one for fun, but uh, just racing luck. He just just couldn't get out, and like I said, we didn't want to put him on his toes and leave the gate with him. There were a couple really nice horses in there, um, but uh, that one uh, just unfortunate. You know, uh, again, it was a week before the final, and uh, he got locked in, came up the inside, and and uh, just ran out of ran out of real estate. Uh, September the sixth, three hundred thousand dollar final, Ohio Sire Stake. Uh, if I remember correctly, I watched him warm up after the post parade, and it, it seemed to me I'd never noticed it before. But Brett really scored him down at full speed. It seemed like. Yeah, um, that was by design. Um, we discussed. I just wanted him to saw him out, uh, take a little edge off of him. I didn't want him, uh, you know, acting up. Uh, that was his race to lose. I think he pretty much proved it all year long. And I just didn't, if he got beat, I didn't want him to get beat by doing something stupid and making a break behind the gate. So uh, he scored him down pretty good just to keep his mind on his business and, and, and saw him out. And uh, and, and uh, he was good. He was really good. 
on to Delaware, Ohio, Ohio Breeders' Championship, and he wrapped up another Triple Crown. He won the Triple Crown as a two-year-old and the Triple Crown of the Ohio State Fair and Ohio Sire State Final and the Ohio Breeders' Championship at Delaware. Another world record performance on a half-mile track, 152-4. and four. Yeah, I got to be honest, you know, it wasn't something that we were talking about or thinking about that day, you know, as the day went on, uh, you know, the weather that time of year is unpredictable. Obviously, we all know Delaware is extremely fast if the weather's good, but, you know, you can get some rain there. Uh, it happens. Uh, but as the day materialized uh, and progressed, you know, the weather was good, the track was good, and uh, um, I think it's it's an it's academic had set a world record uh, in another division prior to him. And so we knew, you know, that the track was fast. And I think, uh, you know, leading up to that, you know, kind of thought maybe that could happen if the fractions were right. You know, but the main thing was just get the win. That was for the Triple Crown, uh, you know, uh, and uh, there, there was a, a lot on the line there. So get the win first and foremost. And, uh, you know, even in that race, uh, Brett didn't pull the earplugs and didn't even chase him in the stretch there. So, uh, but he did set the world record, and that, that's uh, that's absolutely great to have for him. And, and I couldn't be happier for the owners, uh, you know, to, to get that if he ever does go to stud or – if we uh, hopefully someday we will breed him, um, that's a nice, uh, you know, nice accolade to have. After Delaware, uh, the owners and yourself kind of agreed to shoot for the breeder's crown. Uh, you qualified him at Hoosier, uh, 153 and 1, uh, and then you raced him on October the 17th in an open at Hoosier, uh, kind of a tune-up to go to the Breeders' Crown, right? Yeah, so that was uh, after Delaware. We had made the decision that we would supplement him. And, uh, uh, you know, so I started prepping him for that. You know, and part of the prep was uh, give him give him a couple weeks off, and then I would qualify him. He qualified really good. Uh, and then uh, elected to race him the week before the eliminations for the Breeders' Crown. Um, he was really good that night. He wanted 53 and change. He did take a bizarre step at the top of the stretch, and, and I remember seeing it, and I thought, you know, just it was just a bad step. Uh, I think he won by, I don't know, five lengths, eight lengths. He was well in hand at the wire in 53 and one, I believe. And... Uh, you know, I always watch – one of my biggest things is that I, I like to watch my horses come back after the race, whether it's the winter circle or back to the paddock. And and I'm watching him come back, and he's showing left front a little bit. And I thought, you know, probably a 2 out of 10. I'm going to have to get that addressed, you know, for next week. Uh, I just thought he was showing left front just a tick. And then, you know, he got to the winter circle. And then as the night progressed, it got worse and worse. So obviously, uh, the next morning we took pictures and x-rays and, and, uh, he, uh, unfortunately he had a, uh, a hairline fracture of a coffin bone on the wingtip. So, uh, that, uh, that obviously took him out of the breeder's crown. So that was very, very, uh, uh, disappointing, uh, to say the least. Now you've made the decision along with your owners to give him uh, the total, four-year-old season off 
and really have it to be well healed and hopefully to bring him back as a five-year-old. Yeah, so it's, it's just the right thing to do. You know, we're not going to bring him back after six months or nine months. I'll bring him in next December and then have him ready for his uh, five-year-old campaign. You know, that we didn't – I just think uh, – Managing him wise, it's not a it's not a wise decision to bring him in uh, in June and, and have him ready in December or January. Um, we still feel that he could he could uh, if he comes back and he and he should. We're we're doing everything, trying to do everything the right way. Uh, if he comes back as good as he was, we we think he could uh, compete on the national scene. So uh, we just want to give him every opportunity uh, to do that. So. Uh, I'll probably the game plan would be to bring him back in, start training, probably uh, next December, December first, then probably having qualify uh, sometime in April, early April, late March. Have you ever gone this route before, giving a horse a whole year off and coming back? Uh, have you ever had that situation with one of your horses? Uh, yeah, not too many with uh, you know upper echelon. Uh, you know, more, more raceway horses, but, uh, yeah, I've definitely had my fair share of, uh, of, of situations where, uh, had to rehab, um, you know, horse, open horse or, or, uh, you know, a nice condition horse. Yeah. Um, so that's the game plan. Uh, like I said, we're, we're just taking every precaution there, there is possible to make sure this thing heals a hundred percent. And then, uh, it, it, it will be, uh, you know, historically six months to nine months on an injury like that, you're good to go. But we're going to give him the extra few months and uh, just so there's no no regrets or no excuses. Action, Uncle, in two years of racing. 16 starts, 12 wins, three seconds, a third. Never worse than third. $577,535 for an average of $36,095 per start. Action Uncle, trainer Berger Morgan, we new Hall of Fame member. We thank you for giving us a good part of your day here today and letting the fans get to know Action Uncle even a little bit better than just on the racetrack. So thank you ever so much, Virgil. Appreciate it. Thank you, Roger. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, anytime. Thank you. That'll do her. Thank you ever so much, Virgil. You still there? Yeah. So we all. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I'll probably get it up probably Tuesday I'll have it on uh, sometime tomorrow on Facebook. Okay. Great. Okay. Uh, Take care. I appreciate it, bud. All right. Stay, Thank stay you. well. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.